Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi everyone, Taylor here. You know at our podcast, we were wanting to center the perspectives of people who look like us and women as well as marginalized people who have been historically pushed to the sideline of conversations. So if you haven't already, we welcome you to engage through our Instagram or Facebook page by leaving a comment or simply support us by subscribe our podcast from Acast, Apple, Spotify and Google. It will make a huge difference to increase our visibility and centering the conversations we have from our pod. Enjoy today's episode. Hey y'all, this is Jessie. Hi, telling ya. And you're listening to Asian Bitches Down Under, where it has been exactly around 48 hours, roughly, since um, mm-hmm. the polls opened in the States. Not that we want to talk about it, Helen. But yeah, I feel you don't like want to talk about we, it. I don't want to talk about it, but it's something we can't avoid. Um, my question to you is, how are you feeling right now? Okay, I'm feeling very complicated. Not so much as confused, but it's a mixed feeling. Um, in a sense that I know that out there there's a lot of Chinese who support Trump. Oh God! Yeah, and my shoulders, my shoulders are so tight right now. Yeah. Um. But what I was, but what we're seeing now at the moment, Biden is leading. Um, with two hundred and sixty-four mm-hmm. compared to Trump, two hundred and fourteen. We actually started recording slightly later than usual because I got caught up with some social media. <laughs> um, oh my what do you call what, what do you call them? At? Like just just I wouldn't say arguments, but just a kind of like debates with people online. Oh my god. People just don't I don't know. It seems like from what I've seen, Taiwan Taiwan is the only place that's um is having more support of Trump than Biden compared to all mm. other Asian nations, mm. which is really worry, worrying to me because... Yeah. Can you just explain mm. to a lot of listeners why exactly there there has been this trend of people saying that Taiwanese people are supporting Trump? Why Why is that? Just explain that for us. The main reason is that Trump is pretty much um, the first president that is openly criticising on CCP. I, I don't want to use the word China because it did totally different um, concept, yep. you know, China and their party or yep. the Communist Party. So he's the uh, yeah first US like that. president that's openly criticizing on them. And uh, Trump has been very supportive of Taiwan in the sense of military. Um, he's been selling so much weapon to Taiwan in the past two years because he thinks that it is mm. necessary to straighten independence or something like that of Taiwan. Yeah. Yeah. Between, between the two. Yeah. The so yeah. in that sense, I'm seeing that the reason that Taiwanese wants to support Trump is because that he's against communism. I know everyone's against communism, mm. but in the sense that we, we don't like CCP, but I don't think using Trump to protect Taiwan is is the right way to go. Yeah, right exactly. Go. Yeah. And they don't yeah. see what yeah. had happened in US. You know, we're seeing what 230,000 people die from coronavirus in US. Mm. 
and he's he's still not believing in science. He's still a person that doesn't go out and promote wearing masks. And if he's letting his own citizens die in two hundred and thirty thousands, I don't think he care any less, like of what's happened, what's gonna happen. As if he cares about yeah, the lives yeah. of Taiwanese people. Yeah, it's all very um, cosmetic. The the idea of him providing protection mm-hmm. and using a leverage, you know, as the Taiwanese people using him as a leverage to um, gain any sort of agency and sovereignty against the CPP is is um, CCP. Sorry, is mm-hmm. um, cosmetic mm-hmm. in, its, in its optics. I think, yeah. Yeah, and he's a businessman after all. You know, he's yeah. there to sell weapons to make profits. Yeah. And he will probably be happy if there's actually a war. I was yeah. kind of a bit... I had like two seconds of trauma um, and cringe-worthy feelings when Helen this morning sent me an article from SMH. Oh, uh-huh. oh my God. I seriously just... <laughs> anytime anyone sends me anything from SMH, I just fucking ignore it. Anyway, this one I heard. I saw the headline saying something like Hong Kong and why Hong Kong and Taiwanese people support Trump, mm-hmm. um, and that is the that is probably one of the very few times white Australians are gonna read about Taiwanese people, and so mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. their pain their 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 sort of idea of Taiwanese people will always be t- tainted by this side this one headline, and. You know, like it Trump just, supporters. Yeah, Trump supporters. Exactly. It just—it's so egregious. I think it's really egregious. I have yeah. to say though, I'm not a fan of SMH, um, and their um, and their um headlines. Oh, actually, so I think it was from. Do a better job with. Wasn't it from ABC? I'm pretty sure. It was oh, was from it? ABC. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, either Let me backtrack on that. E- either Criticism. media. <laughs> I've got to say, though, headline making is um, is an art in itself. Yeah, definitely. Fucking hate clickbait. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, well, for me, I just, like, if I didn't have the job I am, I have. I, felt, I Sometimes, like, the more I think about it, Helen, I think that you should have my job or something. I just, I hate being online so much. Uh, I hate it. Okay. I hate being, having to involve myself in the digital landscape I just want to remove myself from it completely. It's so, so hard. Um, yeah, last night, <laughs> I uh, there were people where I was at, where I the house I was in had people watching the election. Um, oh wow! You know, live results and all that, uh-huh. et cetera, et cetera. And I just like wanted to remove myself from it because um, uh-huh. I had spent the whole day following it. And the previous night, the previous night when the Americans, the poll had just opened, I could. I was just like spiraling in this mess of like looking at my phone and anxiety feeling. Yeah. I could not go to sleep. I think I it went to sleep like, around 2 a.m. It feel like and 2016 it, all over again. And it's worse. Actually, yeah. In 2016, I wasn't so invested in it. I don't know why. I think in 2016, my headspace was very different. I wasn't. Because we don't know what Trump would do. Yeah. Everyone and now we're assumed, seeing for the past four years. Exactly. And- <laughs> also, everyone assumed that Hillary was going to win. Um, it That's true. It was scary. Yeah. It was sort of like the world was functioning on a different dimension altogether. Um, so, yeah, it was highly anxiety-inducing. But what I did yesterday after after I did all the stuff that I needed to do for my job, mm-hmm. I took myself to the Coogee Baths. To, yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Yesterday, yesterday was so hot. Yeah, it was quite warm yesterday. It was so warm. And I just like, I had the feeling, you know how I'm often critical about the relationship between Sydney, Sydney and weather, weather. and yeah. like um, the fact that none of us produce anything <laughs> worthwhile. Um, 
So I just we're had to beach go- bums. Yeah, exactly. We're all beach bums in Sydney. I just had to take myself there because it just it was so. I just I just needed a safe space, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the coochie baths, the women's baths, are my safe space because mm-hmm. they're all women. We're all half yeah. naked. No one's judging each other. Yeah. So I took myself for a swim, and then I lay in the sun for a few. Like I, there's only a thirty minute limit, unfortunately, um, because mm-hmm. of COVID, and I um, worked on my manuscript for my next novel. Yeah, which was fantastic. really lovely, uh-huh. but um, but I got kicked out after thirty minutes because there was a line, there was wow. a line outside the coochie baths. Yeah, so when I so what the, the staff come in and tell yeah, you to yes, go? Yeah, so there was a woman who came to me <laughs> twice saying, "Can you please leave? Because you've like exceeded your time," which and never happens on have? the beach. Yeah, and and have I you? Did, oh, okay. I did on the second time, but when I went out, there were like about twenty women lining uh-huh. up outside. Which yeah. is like, I've never seen that ever. Uh-huh. I think, um, I guess all the women in Sydney is trying to remove themselves from the digital platform. Maybe, <laughs> to not look yeah, at fucking election. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just never, like, I'm just someone who naturally does not ever look at whatever everyone else is looking at. I'm not mm-hmm. interested in what the whole world is interested in. Yeah. I like to look at something behind <laughs> the thing to which every <laughs> single person's eyes are attached to, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, you know, this week, yeah, this week the whole world is looking at America. And I just, yeah. I don't know, I don't, I've I've had a nice time just, like, mm-hmm. taking myself away from everything mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. for a few hours. Um, and today has been so nice. Um, I think the, the safe space has always, has also this week been time spent with Billy and Kyle watching Sex and the City. We're doing the whole thing. <laughs> we're doing it from season one and we're now up to the middle of season two. And it's like, I don't, have you ever seen Sex and the City? No, I hate okay. it. I don't yeah, know why, so, but I okay. never really liked it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Sex and the City was before my time. Yeah. And when I grew up, it was just something that women, like maybe a one generation removed from me, were obsessed with. Yeah. I never got into it because it just seemed really openly sexual and raunchy and, like, as a young person, you know... We don't Helen, feel related to it well, because yeah, they're all because white women. Well, no, I didn't... I actually didn't think that, right? I wasn't ever aware the fact that, yeah, they're all white, right? But the reason I found it repulsive as a young woman was because we grew up with parents who told us that sex was repulsive and bad yeah, and sinful. True. So, um, And th- there's this show where four, you know, super sassy appearing, sassy appearing women mm-hmm. were going out and flaunting their beauty and, like, getting as much sex as possible. Anyway, mm-hmm. the show is actually really funny to watch with, like, Billy and Carl. So Billy mm-hmm. and Carl are two, like, extremely intelligent gay men. And I feel like... The more I spend time with them, the more I'm actually discovering things about my own sexuality. Like, mm-hmm. cause, and I, I feel safe around them because, like, gay men, especially like Kyle and Billy, um, have made me see, have made me feel comfortable in a way that heterosexual men have never made me feel comfortable. Yeah. Because they don't want to fuck me. They don't, they're you know, not like, intimidating. Yeah. Well, then they're not trying to get into my pants. You know, mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. absolutely zero prospect of them forming a romantic or sexual um, attachment to me. And yeah. that feels deeply safe. Uh-huh. And and what we've really like loved about Sex and the City is like um, realizing how hilarious it is that um, awful women are deeply narcissistic, awful women are deeply um, critical of men, um, mm-hmm. awful women have 
have their own hang-ups that, like, they're all so cruel and annoying and fucked up in their own way. And after every 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 episode, we, like, um, all three of us, like, rank the the ones we least like or like okay. the ones we yeah and like uh-huh. um one like at the end of episode, at the end of the first season I just like hated Carrie so much she's just uh, so Jessica precious. yeah that's Sarah, Sarah Jessica, Jessica Parker. Parker yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, she's just so precious um Charlotte is this like annoying um super shallow woman who only like all four of them only date men in suits who uh-huh. like earn like two million dollars in salary. Yep. Like, it's a uh-huh. very status-driven um, show. It's very, yep. like, it's all about status anxiety. And yeah. um, it's all about pining women against other women. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's really, yeah, it's, I don't think the show has dated very well, um, which, I, you know, I'm not being smart in saying that. A lot of people have said that. But mm-hmm. it's so interesting to watch it now in my 30s because, you know, the yep. women in the show are in their 30s. But was the was the was Sex in the City made during the nineties, wasn't it? Yeah, it started in nineteen ninety seven or seven oh, was or it? eight. I, I, I think. thought it would be a bit earlier. I think it went from yeah. ninety eight to two thousand and four. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember watching it at all, but I do remember seeing a clip that was kind of viral on social media of um I don't know which character that Cynthia Nixon was playing, but the oh, short hair. Yeah, 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 Miranda, that's right. Who has the she... worst dress sense in the world, by the way. <laughs> Go on. Um, so she was sitting in like a um, obstetrician clinic and there was there was another woman pregnant sitting there across to her and, you know, naturally women start talking to each other at, mm-hmm. at the obstetrician clinic, you know, like uh, how many months you're in or what's the reason here and things like uh-huh. that. And then Miranda asked the woman, oh, so how many months are you in? And she, the, the this other woman, um, she starts saying like, oh, I'm six months in, you know, I'm feeling so content. I'm so happy that this is my first baby. My husband's going to help out. Um, he just went to get something for me. And Miranda just, she stopped. She looked at her and she told her the most like harshest thing, like the truth, like the basic truth saying that, Oh, don't be so happy now, you know. Once you're given birth, your body will go shit and your husband will stop having sex with you and you will just leave all the um, child-rearing stuff to you. And she was just talking about the truth, you know. Mm. And the woman just got so upset. And when the husband came back, she started crying. (laughs) And the video cuts from there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a great um, clip. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait to I can't wait to see it then. <laughs> um, okay, how about you? Um, what have you been up to this week, cultural wise? Cultural wise, I've been just reading the um, Great Flowing River, the Chinese mm. version that I mentioned last week. Yeah. Um, I'm getting on to like the second chapter. Like her book categorized into several chapters through chron- chronological. Mm-hmm. So I'm. Pretty much finished on her stage of high school, and there's a there's a scene that was really really touching, and like I cried again. <laughs> um, she was re- uh, at the almost at the end of her high school. She wrote a sub chapter about her pen pile that she had since she was in uh, primary school, mm. who happened to be like a family friend, and it, it was a guy 
who's a couple of years older than her. He was uh, either drafted or volunteered into the Air Force. So their letters were back and forth for a couple of years. And at the final year of her high school, the this young man came back to where she was living because they were escaping from the war, you know, down south. So he came, came to the village and say that um, I'm not quite sure where I'm going to head into next because what's happening with the war. And she was she wrote about all the sentiments between the letters of how this young man has shared with her in a very deep intellectual levels about they, they share pawns and they actually talk about Bibles, which is not something that I'm really interested but they which in her sense that she, she thought about it's very philosophical on the um, humanity level. This is in high school age anyway. And the scene that where he came back and visit her on the fi- her final year of high school, um, he said, that, I don't know when I'm going to um, see you again, but uh, this is the, a gift I'm going to give it to you. So he left, um, I think he left a Bible. Oh, no, that was something before. Anyway, um, so it was raining. It's so dramatic because she was writing that. And she said that the last time she saw him, because it's raining, so he kind of give. that's the only physical interaction they ever had. He kind of like hugged her, like Mm. trying to shelter her from the rain. Mm. And she said that she was, in, in her writing, she said that, oh, I felt so, that's the only time that I felt so close to him that I can hear his heartbeat and the warmth of his body Mm. and then uh, he left very quickly because there's a curfew for like military Mm. and then the last line was um, I never see him again (laughs) in my life and and then we go (laughs) Helen's crying again I'm I'm looking at Helen right now through FaceTime and she's she's crying again (laughs) every week <laughs> why yeah. the fuck do you why the fuck I'm do so you put emotional through very sad things? I don't know. Why do you do it? <laughs> I don't know. I just I feel like it's really um hey, hey don't worry by the way. I cry all the time. I think it's something that really transcended of what we expected in the relationship Which because when she said that, you know, all her writings about this young man was the relationship of uh, their letters between each other and uh-huh. there's no physical contact until that last, I don't know, maybe a couple well, of minutes. That, that's really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And how I they love... exchange their thoughts through yeah, those letters. Yeah, I and feel poems. Like actually, yeah. yeah. I often feel actually that, um, I mean, I've said this before, but my most intimate moments between me and another human being have never been sexual. Mm, have never mm. ever been like sex intercourse has never been the most closest that I felt with another human being it's always mm-hmm. actually through like writing it's always mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. sharing our, sharing thoughts and using yeah. language to express what's in our hearts yeah. yeah and I think this book really the book that you're reading Helen really speaks to that yeah yeah Absolutely, yeah. And you know what we were thinking the other day? Because yeah. our pod has been featured on Apple Podcast yeah. this week mm-hmm. on the front page. My first thought was like, oh my God, fuck, there's not going to be, there's going to be more people listen to me crying on the podcast. Oh, so what? <laughs> I cry all the time, unapologetically, unashamedly, yeah. mm-hmm. um, because we're whole human beings. Exactly. Whole human beings experience emotions. Yeah. 
All right, so um, let's take a break and we'll come back with our main topic for today where we're discussing Hollywood's problem with older women. Hey guys, so we're back. So um, for Women's Agenda this week, I wrote a piece um, about Hollywood and I always love writing anything to do with film. So um, this piece was about a new report that came out from the Gina Davis Institute, um, which showed that women over 50 are regularly sidelined to supporting roles and painted in a very discriminatory one-dimensional archetype. So um, the study, which was done by the Gina Davis Institute, um, was done by... um, Let me start again. The study was done by the Gina Davis Institute in collaboration with TINA, T-E-N-A, which is like a, um, a brand in, from the UK that um, it's like pads. It sells pads and also um, sort of um, underwear for in women who pee in their old age, <laughs> as that is a thing, um, incontinence and all that. Um, and so what they did was um, they invented this thing called the ageless test. Ageist, sorry, ageist, not ageless, <laughs> an ageist test. Um, where So it's like the Bechdel test, right? So um, I'm not going to explain it because I'm sure everyone who listens to this pod knows what the Bechdel test is. Bechdel test, yeah. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you don't know, go and look it up yourself. <laughs> yeah. So the, the age, ageist test asks uh, two questions. Mm-hmm. One, does the film have at least one female character who is over 50 who matters who matters and is tied into the plot in such a way that their removal would have a significant effect. Okay, mm-hmm. So they're not just like marginalized. And mm-hmm. the second question is, is the female character who is over 50 presented in humanizing ways and not reduced to ageist stereotypes? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the study revealed that only one in four films passed this test. And it also showed that women over 50 are often lacking in having fully realized lives and simply serving as scenery in younger people's stories. So if you think about the last couple of films you saw, I, I think about the last couple of films I've seen, um, everything revolves around younger people, like at least people under the age of 40, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the study analysed last year's top-grossing films from the US, UK, France and Germany and found that there were no women over 50 cast in leading roles. And when an older woman did appear as a character on screen they were consistently cast in very unsavory, stereotypical ways. Mm. So, for instance, you'd see the female characters over 50 portrayed as unattractive, grumpy, um, unfashionable or senile or homebound, physically inactive or um, lacking in any kind of sex appeal. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. like if you just watched films in order to learn about the ways of um, the humankind, you would think that people, you would think that women, not people, women over 50 were just did not have sex. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what you would think. Yeah. And yeah. it's just so egregious. Do you think that um, Hollywood's mirage of chasing youthfulness is not progressing? Like in the sense that... Um, well, that's yeah. that's what Hollywood banks on. Mm-hmm. Hollywood banks on youthfulness. Yeah, so and sexualizing if you act- woman. If you, yeah, if you're... A female actor, um, your prime mm-hmm. years are like uh, under thirty. All the years you're under the moment you hit thirty, your capacity to fulfill roles as an actress in uh, in Hollywood diminishes dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that it doesn't for men. Obviously, you know, look at Tom Cruise, who was still 
being like MI who was still doing Mission Impossible films into yeah. his fifties, I think. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that, that yeah. But um the, the Gina Davis Institute for all y'all don't know, um, is based in the University of California and it um Gina Davis is a wonderful actor. Mm-hmm. I saw her in A League of Their Own when I was like a kid. Mm-hmm. She was so pretty. It's oh my fantastic. gosh. And yeah. like Tom Hanks was her, her <laughs> Well, no, wait, Tom Hanks was not her husband. I think Bill Pullman was her husband, right? Oh, I had to go back Someone and Someone handsome was her husband. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. And Tom Hanks was the coach, coach I yeah. believe, right? Yeah. So um, the Institute um, is led by all women, and it's a research-based organization uh, that's working inside entertainment industries to create bal- gender balance mm-hmm. and generate inclusion and reduce negative stereotypes in films and TV. Mm-hmm. And they often do, like, really tremendous studies and reports like the one I've just told mm-hmm, you about. Mm-hmm. So, Helen, I mean, when you read this story, what was your first response? Well, my first response was trying to connect of what I've been watching recently. And I've been yeah. watching, I, I haven't been watching a lot of films apart from uh, Red Shogun, Hong Gaoliang, that I watched yesterday for today's um, topic purpose, talking about, you know, female Asian actress who's more mature, mm. which is Gong Li, which I'll be mentioning uh, later. But um, I've been watching a lot of Shit's Creek, and you know when I, when you're talking about you know age, yeah, Moira. I thought I, I thought about Moira. <laughs> Fucking love that woman, and how she's trying to still to stay youthful, you know. Yeah, of course, and yeah. it's so funny yeah. because it, it yeah. like I I I think I know, I know before that. My husband told me that she's Kevin's mom in Home Alone too. Yeah, in yeah, Home Alone. Because yeah, I yeah. know there's a familiarity. You can't miss it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's great. But apart from that, yeah, I don't think, yeah, any other films that really portray woman that is over what fifty, 50. in a yeah. Who oh, has her maybe own Ratchet. Ratchet is a oh, great okay. example. Well, Sarah Paulson. Yeah, and all other. How old is Sarah Paulson? She's, I feel like she's not. 50 and no, above. she's not. She's. she's I think she's in her late forties. But all other mm. characters in that film, uh, in the drama, uh, for example, Judy Davis, she's sixty-five. She plays yeah. an ex- extremely, yeah. extremely wonderful um, character, Nurse Betsy. But in that drama, that she has been portrayed in a character that is still long for love. She desires yeah. for love, and there's a lot of scene. Far out, totally. When I'm 75, I still want. Yeah, sex. it's so oh, good. Fuck. She plays so well in Wretched. Yeah, know, if anyone who's been watching, who's watched that, and or who's watching that, would know what I'm talking yeah. about. And also, of course, Cynthia Nixon. You know, yeah. Yeah. Well, this story, like this idea of society, um, Hollywood being this. Um, sort of reflection on the ways in which, as a whole, in our general society, mm-hmm. women, you know, are, are become invisible after fifty. Um, it's really interesting. I mean, my first response was like, all of the people that were quoted in the article, which I wrote, were white women, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. Glenn, Glenn Close, and um, yeah, I, I like a he- heaps of like older, well-known Meryl women, Streep. right? Um, Gina Davis, Meryl Streep, yeah, they're all white women who have like boundless levels of privilege that um, racialized women like Mm -hmm. you and I wouldn't ever Mm -hmm. have. And so that was my first response, right? Um, And I guess my second response was like, if I do have the privilege to make it into old age, um, this is something that I'll have to face. Yeah, Like it's not actually something I've ever sat and thought about Mm -hmm. because I am not encouraged to, but like 
I am one day going to be 65, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And um, what will it be like for me as a 65-year-old Asian woman to walk around in a society that neglects to see me as a whole human being? And like, if I was 65 and I'm sitting in Dendi Newtown watching like the latest Hollywood film, I definitely probably would not be reflected <laughs> in any of the films that I see, you know? And I wonder how that will make me feel as a 65-year-old Asian woman living in Australia. Mm. I really do. Because I am not betting $1 on, you know, on the fact that when I'm 65 um, that there will be a film that reflects my story. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think the last film I saw that centred older people um, was a film starring Ian McEwan and um, Helen Mirren. It was called The Good Liar. Mm-hmm. I think it's called The Good Liar. And it was an, a tremendous film. I saw it with Billy and Kyle. And we talked about the ways in which that really, that film was so wonderful in subverting the stereotypes that old people are just like senile and slow and mm-hmm. completely dependent on other people. Like yeah. the, the story is about revenge. It's a okay. revenge narrative and there's a twist at the end that's really, really like, okay. spicy. You I have to watch, watch it because I love Helen British Mirren, films. Yeah, well, I don't. But Helen Mirren is just so fucking hot as well. Like yeah. She's such a beautiful... Uh-huh. Like even when I said that, I feel like I'm putting on the metrics of a How standard ma- type of conservative beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so she's skinny. She's got this beautiful bone structure. Um, but yeah, it's 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 really interesting just to force myself to... Um, prepare for the mental capacity and the mental reality of how I will be perceived and re- received by society as an older Asian mm. woman. Mm-hmm. Have you? Do you often think about that? I haven't really thought about it. I mean, I'm trying to not reflect on myself, seeing what's happening in a society. Like, I don't <laughs> want myself. I, I definitely don't want myself to become like what the media have portrayed of older you know female but at the same time i'm seeing vera wang who's fucking 71 and you know super skinny perfect flawless skin and hair helen like, you and i are so gonna weird. look like that when we're 71 okay because we're asian the number <laughs> I know of times, the genes swear, asian I swear genes. a number of times um white people have told me about me and my asian genes like i could I could buy a mansion if I had like a hundred. Everyone gives you a dollar of saying that. Yeah. No, a hundred. It would have to be a hundred, not not a dollar. <laughs> anyway, who gives a dollar coins these days? Nobody. That's an insulting. <laughs> Nobody gives to- coins these days. Okay, I haven't seen a coin since two thousand and four. Okay. I haven't seen cash for the last couple of months. I haven't been using cash at all. Yeah, anyway. I know. Actually, I did see cash. I think maybe a week ago. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Um. It was like we were going to a cash-only restaurant and oh, we were, okay. I was really angry. I was like, how dare you make know, us pay in so cash? <laughs> but it's really funny because like um, yesterday I, I was uh-huh. carded at a <laughs> – I went to buy alcohol. Oh, okay. And anyway, um, I didn't end up buying alcohol. I bought the alcohol-free beer, right? And then I took <laughs> the carton of beer. <laughs> like the Heineken to the cashier register uh-huh. and this like tall handsome dude was like can I see ID and I was like oh, yeah. fuck what I'm 33 mate uh-huh. and then I was and then I was like oh, I don't have it with me and then he was like he just looked at me like I couldn't buy it and then I and then mm. I said well this doesn't have alcohol in it and then he said oh, oh yeah good okay. point so uh-huh. he let me buy it and then he said just out of curiosity how old are you and then I'm like um 33 <laughs> 
What did he say? What was his response? Oh, he was like, oh, wow, okay. And then he said, I'm 34. (laughs) And like, he's like, I'm 34. And and then I said to him, oh, yeah, you look like 25. And he did look very young. Mm -hmm. I said, you look 25. And he said, yeah, that's maybe why a lot of women my age don't go for me. Mm. And then I just like walked away real quickly. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's awkward. So strange. Yeah. I know that, and, and the amount of times that I've been stopped to ask for IDs when I'm purchasing. Oh, because alcohol. Helen, you fucking look eighteen. <laughs> I'm serious. But like, I so I don't know. I I just feel like it's it's becoming an insult. Is I you know looking at Asians yeah. and feeling and perceiving as a idea of that because you look young. Yeah, when you should be oppressed. You know. Well, we're infantilized. Kind of People just yeah. treat us as like little kids. Yeah, fucking hell. Cute little kids. Anyway. Coming back yeah. to our topic, I think UK have more mature female characters in playing different and more diverse roles. Yeah, I'm talking okay. about like the what um, when you're talking about more mature, particularly female actress. We've mentioned uh, Helen Mirren and also Judy Dench. Uh, one person can come up to my or oh, what a couple about of persons. Olivia Coleman. Oh yes, Olivia Colman. She's Coleman. so good. Yeah. I love her. Um, I like Emma Thompson, Maggie Smith. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, Maggie Smith has been like perpetually old. Yeah, I but she's, she's there forever. Like she's always I know. on the screen. Like, when when I was like four years old, I saw Maggie Thompson in a film, and she was old. And now you mean Maggie I'm... Smith. Oh, sorry, Maggie Smith. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then now I'm like in my thirties, and uh-huh. she still looks exactly the same. <laughs> I think some people just get to one age. And, and then they remain like age. that. Yeah. <laughs> and you and I, Helen, it's like 25. <laughs> yeah. I don't look 25, by the way. I don't. You do. I have if an you older start skating, face. you know, go out with your oh skateboard. Yeah, well, I haven't skated since I... I haven't, yeah. Your I haven't skated since beanie. I fucking fucked myself. Um, I, 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 I told you, right? I like... Yeah, your wrist... I, yeah, I fucked up. I've landed on my wrists last week while I was trying to skate at Carriage Works. Thank mm. God nobody was there. That would have been embarrassing to see my like my massive fall. <laughs> oh God! But I think it's recovering. Like I'm not. Oh, I'm good. no longer hurting. But uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. It's raining today, so that's my excuse for not. Don't do any skating. damage further damage. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really like Emma Thompson. Yeah. Um, Nanny McPhee. Yeah, Nanny McPhee. Um, her character in. Love actually always make me cry again. I, know, I don't want to cry, tell you about my, myself crying, but she's such a perfect um, actress. And Late Night, remember oh, with, yeah, yeah, uh, with Mindy, Mindy? yeah. And God, those, I don't uh, like that archetype though. She was that yeah, that same was like bitchy, the like professional, like, yeah, woman, like the yeah. professional woman with no life of her own. It was very much like Devil Wears Prada, Prada. Anna Wintour kind of yeah. archetype. I don't yeah. like that. I thought that was very reductive. There was another archetype that was played with Judy Dench. Um, I don't know if you watched uh, the Queen and Abdu or Abdu oh, and the Queen. No, no I where didn't see that. the yeah. Queen was it Queen Victoria or one of the mm. English Queen that had a like a very friendly relationship with a Indian servant. Oh my god! I swear that is like the most whitest film ever. It is. It is very white. White yeah. savior film. Fuck that! Uh-huh. I'm not gonna see that shit. Um. What else? I can't come up with anything, but from what I've been reading that uh, there's an article by Insider about ageism. Like you said, you know, they were saying about 12 celebrities calling out all ageism in Hollywood. Mm. There was only one black person. Yeah, who was that? Halle Berry. 
Oh, well, she's like, she even looks like, yeah, I don't see her as an old woman at all. But how old is she? I think she's in her mid-50s. Wow, she looks great. I mean, she a lot of women look fantastic in their, you know. Old age? Old age. I wouldn't yeah, even say old age, but she's, yeah, as in, you know, mature age. Yeah. You know that there's a film uh, with Colin Firth and Sterling Tucci's coming out called Supernova? You know how we, you were talking about how men usually, even when they age, they get a better role? And I yeah. think this is exactly the the role they're getting that I don't see um, female actors will be getting anytime soon. But yeah, it's a bit yeah. similar to Wretched because there's um homosexual relationship in that. But um, Supernova, basically, it's a road trip of two mature gay couple before uh, one's and uh, his life or something like that. I think there's a terminal yeah. illness right. um, involved. Um, Colin Firth? Oh, Colin Firth I Firth, love. Yeah. yeah. I thought you said Colin Farrell, who I also love. Lobster. He's like the most <laughs> underrated actor ever. Yeah. but yeah, I, I think he's underrated that. because of his public behaviours. As oh, in really? his personal is life is a bit wait, messy or something like up? that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a shame. But um, yeah, so Supernova is a film between with starring Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci, um, mm. and I think it's I think it's yeah I think it'll be I mean I love those two actors, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But yeah, I'd like to see a film where it centers like Thelma, Sel- wait Thelma and Louise, but like older women. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Susan Sarandon I think is an older woman who has got pretty decent roles since like turning fifty. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but what about Michelle Pfeiffer? Michelle Pfeiffer still. I haven't seen her. Getting she's she's she, she she was in like that magnificent movies, but she like looked like ah, oh, that's 30. exactly yeah yeah. She was yeah. playing one of the what fairy or the witch. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Well, when we we're going to take a break, and when we come mm-hmm. back, Helen's going to take us through the Asian female actresses exactly, and take us through some of the Good. canons through um, which they have been starring in in the last couple of years. Fantastic. We'll see you guys soon. Okay, and we're back. Um, Helen, so we, in our podcast, obviously want to highlight Asian people. Um, And so Helen went on this rabbit hole spiral look into Asian actresses and whether they are also ostracised in... um, cinema in Asia. By the way, before you go on to tell us about it, you know how in India there's Bollywood? Is there a name for Asian cinema? Is there a name for that? I remember there was a term for the Hong Kong cinema when Jackie Chan was raising up in, you know, 70s and 80s. Yeah, what was it? But I don't think, I can't really remember, but it was just Mm. like the Hong Kong Hollywood or something like that. But for Northern Asians, I don't really think so. Mm. But it seems like it's becoming a lot more popular or that's my own perception, you know, with the Japanese and Korean No, it's not your perception. I think films. I share it. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. With, um, what is it called again? Pest, pesticide? Parasite. <laughs> 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 oh, that, yeah, parasite. Parasite. <laughs> parasite, yeah, last year. Yeah. Yeah, when Parasite won the Oscars uh-huh. and now yeah. people are like, oh, Korean people exist. It's like yes, we do. We do exist. Fucking <laughs> okay, yeah. Anyway, a, I'm going. Yeah, yeah go on. 
There was there's a Japanese film that I put in my list from Netflix. It's called My Mother. Yeah. That I will want to watch it very soon. Oh my god, that just looks yeah. like another tear fucking joker. Yeah, and it's based on a mothers, fucking true oh story. Yeah, anything to do with mothers, I'm just like trauma, trauma, yeah, trauma. It is. <laughs> Such a big trauma. Fucking hell. What's Obviously, wrong with I Helen and I have like healthy relationships with our mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding okay i do um helen take it away so okay. what hap- what's happening with um asian actresses okay so i picked out a couple of the asian um female actresses who are into their mature age um so i'm gonna talk about let me see two that are very well known and mm-hmm. that is their work um both in china and also hollywood mm-hmm. and the other two will be the taiwanese ones so I'll mm-hmm. start off with uh, Zhou Chen, Chen Chong, who was born in 1961. She was born in Shanghai to a family of, um, what's the word? This word is so long, pharmacologist. Yeah, oh, pharmacologist, right. According to Wikipedia, she and her brother Chase were raised during the Cultural Revolution. So at the age 14, she was discovered um, by one of the... Uh, actually, by the wife of the leader Mao Zedong and the major Chinese Communist Party figure, um, mm. with the excelling at marksmanship, which led her to become to be selected to the actors' training program at Shanghai Film Studio. Um, by the age of twenty, uh, Chen Chong has moved to United States, where she studied filmmaking at California State University. Um, pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. She's best known by the Western audience for her performance in the nineteen seventy, uh, sorry, nineteen eighty seven film The Last Emperor, which I watched earlier this year. She's amazing. She's mm. also known for her roles in Twin Peaks, Red Roses, White Roses, Saving Face, which you've seen. The Alice yeah, Saving Face yeah. is a yeah, Saving yeah, Face I is watch Alice Wu's first film. Yeah, and um, it's about two Asian lesbians. Mm-hmm. Love it. And she plays the mother in it. She plays yeah. the mother. Yep. Yeah. And she also had directed the film feature films uh, Xie Xie, The Sent Down Girl. And most recently, uh, she had worked in Tiger Tail, which we have done an episode about. She played yes. the matured woman. The girlfriend. Yeah, the girlfriend, the older version. Yeah. yeah. And let me see, what else do I have here? So She was jo- also in mm. um, an Australian film. Oh, which one is that? Um, mm-hmm. Made by a Australian, a, an Asian-Australian um, writer. Okay. I forget his okay. name. Okay, we'll look it up after yeah. later. Yeah. Um, so Chen Chong is also recognized not as long as an actress, but a film director, screenwriter, and film producer, as well as working charity work such as Stop HIV AIDS Related Stigma in Asian and Pacific Islander Communities, um, Breast Cancer Prevention Awareness, and also Family Domestic Violence Prevention. What do you think of her? Like, well, in a um, sense, watched a couple, not a lot, but. The films that you've watched with her. You know? Well, uh, yeah, the film that I was mentioning before is by Tony Ayres. Mm-hmm. Who's, oh, fantastic. Uh, I believe mm-hmm. he was like, he's half Australian, half Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I saw the film when it came out in 20, 2007 and it's she was beautiful. Like she, mm-hmm. she plays a woman who was a Hong Kong nightclub singer who immigrates to Australia to be with her husband who's a sailor. Okay. Um, the husband's played by Stephen Weidler and... Um, it it just it's it was such a beautiful film because it kind of made me see the understand the alienation that my mother must have gone through when she oh, first came to yeah, Australia. Oh yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, and Tony Ayres is a beautiful 
filmmaker. I don't know why he's no longer making as many films now. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I think of when I think of um, Joan Chen, I just think um, she's so beautiful. Obviously, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very prolific, um, and I hope that she continues to get a lot of roles. I mean, she's not that old. She's only fifty. How old is she again? She was born in 1961. What does that make her? <laughs> We've got her hair, 59. 59. Yeah. She's 59. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, I, when I think of her, I just think um, she's often pushed to the periphery. Like she only had a small role in Tiger Tail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that wasn't much. Like I was hoping that there will yeah. be more in the Tiger Tail of their interactions, you know, in their older age. Yeah, but yeah. unfortunately there wasn't much or there wasn't enough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the second actress I will be mentioning is uh, from the Hollywood is Gong Li. Um, Gong Li, who was born in the 1965, she's often regarded as the finest actress in China today. You know, first of all, I, wow. I just want to explain that her name, you know, her surname Gong is rather uncommon. Yeah, it's, actually, can you just say her Chinese name? Gong Li. So her name is Gong Li. Yeah, her surname is Gong. Yeah. Oh, so okay. the literal translation means solace, secure, and strength. Well, I like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so she started three of the four Academy Awards for Best International Film um, nominated Chinese language films. Uh, she was born in Shenyang, Liaonian, and grew up in Jinan, Shandong. You know, our, mm. we could oh, have so relatives. Yeah. yeah. Our, we could have relatives. <laughs> Maybe we're related to yeah, Gong Li. There's a possibility. Yes. Sandong only has like three trillion people. <laughs> <laughs> she was re- enrolled at the Central Academy of Drama in Beijing, where she graduated in 1989. Uh, while a student at the academy, she was spotted by the director Zhang Yimou and debuted in Zhang Yimou's Red Shogun, Hong Gaoliang, which I'll speak, I'll talk about mm. in, in a moment. Um, Gong, Gong Li and Zhang Yimou's professional and personal relationship received much media attention in Chinese-speaking world as they continued to collaborate on a string of critically acclaimed movies, including the um, Oscar-nominated features Jue Du, I think it was in the 1990s, and Raised the Red Lantern in 1991. Zhang Yimou and Gong Li's relationship has been continually questioned if they have maintained on professional level or whether there has been personal interactions. Um, she was pretty much immune to political repercussion because of her fame. Uh, she began criticizing the censorship policy in China. Her film, Farewell, My Concubine and the Story of Chou Ju, initially banned in China for being seemingly viled critics of the Chinese government. Regarding the sexual contents in Ju Du, Chinese censorship had deemed the film a bad influence on physical and spiritual health of young people. Huh? Mm. God, they always know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, of Moralizing course. Moralizing everything. Prior to, yeah, prior to 2005, she had worked mainly in China's film industry. Mm. Despite her popularity, Gong Li avoided Hollywood for many years due to the lack of confidence in speaking English. Mm. She made her English-speaking debut in 2005 where she started as Hatsumomo in Memoirs of Geisha. Oh, God. Her promoted, the worst film ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they used like non-Japanese people God, to play. A, yeah, that is what happens when white people think they can tell other people's stories or how to make an Asian movie. Oh God! 
Yeah. Well, I know that the first time I saw really took notice of Gong Li was um, when she starred as the baddie's wife or lover in uh, Miami Vice. Yes, And yes, she has Miami, this like, hot Miami. sex yeah. scene with Colin Farrell. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I, that was so sexy. Mm-hmm. She's so hot in there. And I was like, oh, my God, yes, get it on with Colin Farrell. <laughs> I was so happy to see that. And then she also saw, um, and then she also starred um, like a year later. This was in 2006. Mm-hmm. And then in 2007 she starred um, as the uh, main lady, Lady Murzakai, in um, a movie called Hannibal Rising mm-hmm. with – the, the hottest French actor ever called, um, his name is Gaspard Gulliel. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really beautiful. And um, I think they get it on. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that film. But she's also like, yeah, she's just always super sexualized. Yeah, she's very sexualized in. in the films that she involved oh, with in yeah. Hollywood. I can't help it. She's so sexy. Mm-hmm. I mean, as we know that in 2019, she's been cast to do the live action adaptation of the Disney Mulan, where she played the witch. Yeah, and she has a, like, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, she has a, she has a, she. I think she's the most interesting character in the in the mm-hmm, movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, with the but again, like her trope is like you know evil woman who wants too much power. Yeah, you've seen yeah. Mulan, right? The I think a lot edition. of um, Hollywood movies, even into like when the woman's mature, they still portrayed as you either been sexualized or you've been. Um, Cast it as a like evil a, woman, yeah, isn't it? Hungry, like a power hungry, insane, manic, Mm-mm. manic woman. Yeah, yeah. So there's really no right way to be a woman, is there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you either want too much sex or you want too, too much, much power. Uh, yeah, it's always been judged. Why can't I have both? <laughs> I want to. I want a lot of sex and power. So what? I, I mean, that's uh-huh. what men want. I watched her first film which was made in 1987, The Red Shogun, The Hong Liang. It's such a brilliant film. I, I kind of, I didn't I like, I was like sending you clips yesterday, texting you while I was watching it. Um, she was 22 when she made that film. And wow. that film really, the, the trope is very, very different compared to Hollywood, mm. where she was playing mm. a character that was supposedly married into this um old guy's family and mm. the guy died or been murdered by someone and she picked up the responsibility of running the winery before the occupation of the Japanese. Yeah, mm. I think that film was really good and she played really well in the sense of how think- she portrayed as a leadership. Yeah. Yeah. I think... Um- I I have a soft spot for Gong Li because um dad like dad used to say like not not nice things about me growing mm-hmm. up but the one thing that he said was nice that I remember which like when he said it to me I didn't actually think it was nice because I never grew up thinking Gong Li was beautiful mm-hmm. um he said when I was fourteen or maybe fifteen he said I he said I kind of looked like okay. Gong Li and I was like I was like oh but I want to look like Zhang Ziyi because I think Zhang Ziyi is really beautiful. You know, mm, I think the feature Zang wise, Zee. yeah, Dan Zi. Yeah, Dan Zi is so is beautiful, it's not funny. Because she's got um, the oriental she, like softness. Well, she has a more babel baby face, uh-huh. babel face. Um baby face whereas Gong Li has like dad said I look more like Gong Li cuz Gong Li looks more like mature, like mm-hmm. I have an older face. Mm-hmm. But now I'm just like, yeah, bring it on. I would love to look like Gong Li. Mm-hmm. Cuz she's she's got a very regal look about her whereas like yeah, definitely. Dan Zi 
Zhang Ziyi looks more like a little child baby. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like Gong Li can play like uh, uh, an empress from you know the Tang Dynasty. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just the way yeah. she holds herself and her mm-hmm. facial structure is like really, the confidence really... that she has. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that. Um, so my thoughts on Zhou Chen, Chen Chong and Gong Li, they're two very different women, I feel. Like, they're very distinctive. They have a different characteristics. Depends the role they play. You know, Chen Chong, Zhou Chen often pl- portrays the softer side of Asian Chinese yeah. woman. Um, yeah. Which, I, I mean, I haven't watched enough films to decide that, but I enjoyed watching her in The Last Emperor and Tiger Tail. You know, her expression of portraying the empress was extremely well executed. Um, and also you, you mentioned Gong Li, you know, they, they, they show the real strength and also the vulnerability. That was pretty much flawless. Yeah, really admire those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting her way that white people have cast these two women in different roles. Like Zhang Ziyi um, is, is never, will never be given a role that Gong Li you know, would be great for. Gong mm-hmm. Li is more like badass, yeah. fuck you to the world kind of yeah. face. Yeah, uh-huh. Whereas, like, Zhang Zi is, like, submissive, docile. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, she's genuflecting to whiteness by portraying this sort of childlike, girlish, yeah. girlish sign of, kind of demeanor. The usefulness that they want to yeah, maintain. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, yeah. what what is the last film that Zhang Zi was in? I Can think you remember? she just... I, uh, she kind of just died after, like... She became Tiger. famous for, like, Memoirs of a Geisha, right? Yeah. She was nominated for an Oscar. Uh-huh. And then I don't, I don't think remember I've ever seeing seen any her much. Since. I think she's apparently she's in the to new China. Gods- yeah. Uh, apparently she's in the new Godzilla versus Kong, which is coming out next oh, year. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Someone we have not mentioned, Helen, that mm-hmm. is quite famous, is Michelle Yao. Uh, I mean, Michelle Yao yeah. um, was she, a Bond she's girl, She's always right? she's always been there. She, yeah, she's a Bond girl. Um, she's fifty eight years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I don't find her sexy. No offense to Michelle Yao. No offense to her, I but just, I don't find her mm-hmm. sexy. Like when she was getting it on with um, Piers Brosnan in in um, Tomorrow Never Dies. Bond. Uh-huh. I was, yeah, I was like, yeah, this is not making me wet at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when they're making she out under the like under the her... uh, under the shower or something in that <laughs> film, I was like, yeah. I'm not being turned on right now. <laughs> her appearance, like, is not as much sexualized. I think she's always been playing a bit more powerful yeah. role. Yeah, good point. You know, as in leadership. See mm. what she had been playing in Crazy Rich Asians and she played the boss yeah, of what, the, the last mom. Christmas. Oh, and... I love that movie, by the way, with Emily, Amelia Clark, Clark last Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, Henry, with, Golding. Uh, Henry Golding. Yeah. Oh my God, he's the worst actor in the world. <laughs> Just putting it out there. Just putting it out there, okay? <laughs> but Last Christmas was such a charming film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so like it's so cheesy, but Michelle Yao plays the um, bossy the boss, boss yeah. of Amelia Clark, who which is really unusual, like an Asian boss to a white woman. I know. I like that. Yeah. I like that she was like you know demanding playing her. with the power yeah. dynamics uh-huh. there. But 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 mind you, Amelia Clark's character is like really in the dumps. <laughs> yeah, and then there was like that stalker guy, the white dude, who was like stalking on Michelle Yao's character that was freaky uh, <laughs> have you finished it I haven't finished it you... I, I went oh, through okay. half yeah. yeah yeah yeah. it's very nice and yeah. also Michelle Yao has been played um, which you know I think a lot of Asian Star Trekker lovers will be very proud of she oh, was the right. captain 
for only like first oh, couple really? of episodes, I think. Oh, nice! Yeah. I like that. So that's okay. some improvement. She's also someone who's like much more. She, I think she was even born in America. Was she? Michelle um, Yao. No, I think she was born in Hong Kong. No, she was born in. It's she was born in Malaysia. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Of two parents who were like Cantonese and Hokkien descent, mm. but she um she moved to um she moved to uh, the UK at age fifteen. Oh, so she so was trained in yeah. UK. Yeah, so I think uh. that's why she's much more like Americanized, mm-hmm. Westernized. Yeah, Westernized. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you think she's pretty? Um, I think she's pretty, but she's got a mm. certain like Asian woman strength as well. Again, you know, but mm. compared to a lot of softer looks. Yeah. Anyway, so I next I want to shine on the spotlight on Grace Chen, Chen Shufen. She's a Chinese actress who was born in nineteen thirty nine. So she's the actual age aged uh, actress. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nineteen thirty nine makes her. She's uh, eighty one this year. Woohoo! Uh, prior to the uh, sorry, I shouldn't be talking about the independence from Japanese occupation. Anyway, uh, I'll jump. I'll <laughs> jump that bit. Uh, her first film was debuted in nineteen fifty-seven. Uh, Who's Whose Crime? I think with the IMDb, the English database is not very comprehensive. It states that she has seventy-two credits of work, including films, TV drama, but in reality, I think there's more than one hundred and ninety works. Uh, mm-hmm. Also including entertainment shows, TV drama, traditional Taiwanese soap drama, Gozai Shi, mm-hmm. and also movies in both Taiwan and mainland China. She's a familiar face to most Chinese people. She had usually um, pumped out like on average two to three dramas a year. And mm. during the 70s and 80s, she was working up to maximum four movies a year. Grace wow. Chan started acting since 19 while she was still in the arts college and were asked to play the role of a character's mother. Since then, she has been somehow typecast into the role of um, so-called citizen mother. Uh, <laughs> citizen mother. Yeah, citizen's mother, like Gormin Mama or something like that. Mm, mm. Um, so at age 19, playing the mother character when she was actually younger than the actor who was playing her son, she did not know how to portray the character of a mother. She went to Taipei Station and stood there for three days and observed the bypassers who might be mothers. She picked a woman and started talking to her. She asked the woman where she was from and what are her thoughts because at work she cannot say that the film did well but her way of portraying a mother was very successful and that eventually kind of typecast her into roles of mother. Mm -hmm. Um, She doesn't Mm -hmm. have kids herself as 81. Uh, she said that I've never played the role of young woman and felt perhaps that's the only reason I exist in, in this role in this world is to play the roles of mothers Wow! she commented that she encouraged uh, younger uh, filmmakers and treat them very well in one of the interviews she acknowledged the diversity of young generation of filmmakers she loves hanging around with the young people and really disregard her age. Um, she said that as long as I'm happy every day, I don't care about my age. Whenever that people ask how old I am, I say I'm 28 and then joked. Mm. She was laughing <laughs> and she said that I was born on the 28th Republic year. That makes me 28. I love that. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, but unfortunately, her personal life is rather complicated, tragic, and unfortunate. She was spotted by a wealthy man when she was first started to act、uh, in the entertainment industry. She was raped by this man and become pregnant with his child. Even so, she terminated pregnancy. Her mother had encouraged her, or maybe forced her, to take、uh, to get her to become the mistress of the man. You know, due to the social expectation of that time. The relationship ended eleven years, and later she was married to a Taiwanese architectural design.、Um, there's not enough information online about that. In the late eighties, she travelled to Australia to be with him, and she endured mental abuse during the marriage and escaped back to Taiwan after twenty months in Australia. She eventually forced, uh, uh, sorry, filed a, a divorce twenty、uh, years afterwards. Uh, she is also a strong advocate for anti-violence against women. She has been nominated for three categories in this year's Taiwan Golden Horse Award,、um, which is like their Oscars. Yeah, which is their Oscars.、Um, so the recent film that the most recent film she's in is called Little Big Woman.、Um, I've sent you the trailer. Gu、uh, Wei, where、mm. she played a seventy-year-old mother who was about to seventy-year-old、uh, single mother who raised three daughters by her own, who was about to celebrate her seventieth birthday, which is really big in Taiwan. You know, you have celebrations and go to restaurants,、mm. you have family gatherings and things like that. And、oh, that's I miss those days、yeah. when we could you sit around the round table. You know, the lazy Susie, everyone turning the food. Oh、yeah. God, yeah. So during the film, I kind of just miss Taiwan actually in general. Uh huh. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. So the film story、uh, sits on this old lady's seventieth birthday when she received the death of her husband. She never divorced、uh, from him.、Um, he just ran away about twenty years ago. So、mm. the story goes from there, and it was really, really sad. I, I just, I, I cried watching the fucking trailer again. Oh. You know, um, you know which trailer I always cry when I watch the trailer. Which one? I don't know. I don't remember. But there's there are a lot of trailers where like I watch it and I just cry. Oh, I, I know. know what it is. I always cry when I see the trailer for Forty Five Years, which is one of my favorite films. Uh huh. So Forty Five Years um stars um two old people who I think Tom Courtney and um who's that amazing older actress um British or American? Who, yeah, I think she's British. Um. It's it's a movie that's based on also Charlotte Rampling is the other actress she's、mm-hmm. incredible and it's a movie it's one of my favorite movies and basically it talk it's based on a short story by David Constantine about I'm sure I've talked to you about this Helen、um, about like this old couple who are celebrating their forty fifth anniversary wedding anniversary、mm-hmm. right and、um, one day they get a let like they don't have children and one day they get a letter from like. The Swedish government or something,、um, and saying that、uh, the body of the husband's、um, form, first girlfriend has been found. Ah, okay. So the husband,、uh, yeah. So the man he、um, had been with a girl during his university days, and they went trekking in the mountains,、mm-hmm. and then she fell and slipped and then died, obviously.、Mm-hmm. And then her body was preserved in the ice、mm-hmm. all these years. Wow! And so they've found her body now. And then they were saying, "Oh, do you want to come and collect Wait, it?"、Uh-huh. And then this whole like this letter unpacks heaps of grief and yeah, like like 
a like things about life that we don't unpack right for the for the wife mm-hmm. so Charlotte Rampling's character is like because she wasn't there realizing yeah. yeah realizing that she was the second one like she was oh, the, that would be hard the second I, I know. know and like and and the man Tom Courtney's character is just like but I married you this yeah. was a long time ago and yeah. yet still all the men will be saying that over. yeah it would be really know, hard or, but for the woman it's just like she still knows that if this didn't happen. She wouldn't, she wouldn't be, be the with wife. the husband. Yeah. yeah, she's not the first. Oh, my God. It's so sad. You have to watch it. It is the most beautiful film. And anyway, one of the reasons I cry always when I watch the trailer is uh-huh. because um, it has Dad's favourite mo- song. Uh, Smoke Gets In Your Eyes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, every time I hear that song, I fucking cry. lose it. Aww. I lose it so bad. Uh-huh. I just because I fucking love my dad. Yeah. Fuck the filmmakers! They can they can definitely create a certain mood emotion for you, don't they? Just use just using one fucking song. Yeah. Um. The last. Right. Sorry. Final words. Yeah. Final. Yeah. I'm go. gonna go. Not the final words, but the last actress that I want to just put a spotlight on as well. She yep. She Inshen. She's a Chinese actress as well. Uh, we've seen her uh play the character of the mother in Dear X. Mm-hmm. The crazy one, um, yeah, the oh crazy God. one. I had, I had to the mute her while she was crazy and so... vulnerable character. Yeah, mm. so she always played like a mature, slightly more professional, strong, but yet been you know a, a character that's been scarred with life experience. Um, so apart from Dear X, uh, she was in A Boy Named Flower. I think that you really, really have to watch it. It's on Netflix. Did I say that? Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I could even do a whole part about that drama. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. And recently she had another drama called The Making of Ordinary Woman, which is very, very similar to Tokyo Girls, that you should watch it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in the recent interview... Um, she said that even so that she's probably at the peak of her career now. She's 41 or 42, I think. But she knows what's coming in 10 years' time when she enters her 50s. She said apparently in the entertainment industry, women hitting their menopause is some kind of tragic watershed. The cruelty yeah. of it's undeniable. During that interview, she questioned the necess- necessity of marriage spoke about her self-expectation and expectation of a life partner as well as her passion for her career. I think you really enjoyed that interview. Like she's just totally okay. on the same boat as you. Like well, yeah. in terms of what? In terms of Korea and what she wants to present to the world and she doesn't want to get right. well at least for now. I don't think she wants to get married and Yeah. Yeah, things like that. Cool. Yeah, she sounds awesome. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, speaking of menopause, I just realized the other day that our mum never went through menopause. She what did. Just uh, she hide oh, it really just, well and we don't oh know. Oh my god, poor mum. Yeah, our mum Which is, is all like, fucking woman or Asian woman had to do. Yeah, she just, just have to mask herself. Fucking Yeah, hell. she hit it very well. Yeah, I never saw my mum go through any kind of changes in her body. Mm. Weird. She's been the same. Like she 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 reaches her mid thirties. <laughs> that's a yeah. that's a static, like the age frame. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And she maintains like, like that. I still look at my mum and I'm like shocked by her beauty. Mm. It's just shocking. <laughs> <laughs> um. So before we end our episode, we received um a couple of messages from our listeners, which is really fantastic. Uh, so here's one from Ten Lin. Um, she said that, hey, oh, she or they, sorry, I shouldn't use any, <laughs> yeah, I should just generalize the pronouns. Um, Tanalene said, hey, just want to say that I love the show. I'm listening 
to the home edit episode at the moment. I've been binging listen at my desk, and it was so good. The show really anointed me too. What you say about this capitalist way of presenting domestic duties as a shiny aspirational thing was so interesting that I was wondering if you thought much about online aesthetics that have popped up this year, e.g. Cottage core because that was where my brain went next after the conversation. Anyway, you're both amazing and have a great day. Do you know about cottage core? No, do you? I mean, you're the one who's online ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, of but your I life. didn't know about it until um, this listener brought it up. So okay, I, I so looked up. It? It's actually an internet aesthetic that celebrates a return to traditional skills and crafts such as foraging, oh baking, and pottery. Oh my god, kill me! <laughs> I'm I'm slicing my wrist right now. You know, it's like present. <laughs> Sorry, Instagram, that was a bit triggering. I'm pretty sure it's like a, another Instagram <laughs> trend. You know. Oh my god, do. it's just like Jess- Jessica Alba and Molly A. Mm. Like yeah. the worst, oh my God, don't get me started about Molly A. So there's something from the Wikipedia that says that cottage coal has been criticised as a perpetuating colonised values as it romanticised the legacy of settler colonisation and frontier living that relies on the stolen land of indigenous people. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it should have reminded anything me. That I've, mm-hmm. I feel like anything, sorry to cut you off, anything that looks aesthetically pleasing is always hiding something nefarious. Yeah. I'm just putting yeah. it out there. Just uh-huh. putting it out there. Yeah. But it, it reminded me one of the this really popular vlogger in China, uh, Li Zixi. But I think she didn't mm. do it for aesthetic purpose. She was just want to sh- um, showcase her country life. Yeah, I think we can do another pot on her. Yeah. Sure. Um, Interesting. Another message we received was from Ella. She said, that's how I found you today. She was looking at our feature on Apple Podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm so I'm so happy I have. I'm constantly trying to navigate my partner Asian heritage and deep see the belief of his family in contrast to my very Aussie Western feminist views. Looking forward to listening every week. Um, I don't know if anyone's really interested. Maybe we can have some episodes about interracial intercultural relationship. Uh, that is like what I spend. Most of my yeah, time yeah, all the thinking time. about yeah okay yeah we we have to do an how like episode what about a bad yeah. what a bad feminist what what a bad anti colonial anti border anti everything I am anti Asian <laughs> because I love white men like mm. I as in I sleep with white men uh-huh. and I think that's really fucked up uh-huh. that I that I like sleep with them but also hate them yeah <laughs> we have this like love hate relationship I mean yeah, yeah. well Helen's married to a fucking white, white guy so you know <laughs> Helen you would have a lot of yeah I have a lot of conflicting feelings conflicting about feelings this. and observations like life experience etc oh my yeah. god yeah we'll we'll do some episodes you know about our observations about interracial intercultural relationships. Actually, speaking of that, I'm reading a book that I bought in Taiwan at a secondhand bookstore in Taipei last year. It's a book by Dan Waters, who mm. is, I think he's dead now. Maybe he's not, but he's a very old um, white guy who spent a number of years in Hong Kong. And his book is called One Couple, Two Cultures. Oh, you mentioned it last week. Yes. Yeah, where he um, interviews 81 interracial couples. Yeah. And like out of the 81, only like four of them are white women, Asian man. Mm -hmm. And so like 78 of them, clearly I know my math, um, 76 of them. um, Asian woman and white man. man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and why that is. Um, It's really interesting. I might talk about it in our pod when we explore that issue. Yeah, of course. Okay. So do your wrap up, Helen. Fantastic. 
So once again, thank you to our listeners. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcast. We're now on Acast as well. So please give us a rating, review, and share our podcast to your friends. You can find our updates on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Asian Bitches Down Under. We welcome discussions and feedback. So we'll chat to you next week. Yeah. Before we um tap out,、mm-hmm. I just want to say to the listeners. Um, spend this weekend offline, please. Just、oh if yeah, you, if you don't have to be online, just you know the results are gonna still take a few days, you know, to to culminate, right?、Uh-huh. Okay, decision is、yeah. not gonna be made in the next couple of days.、Um, things are gonna change just for your own mental and heart health well being. Exactly. Yeah. Just, just take yourself away from. The computer and your phone.、So、okay, seriously, go to the Kuji women's baths. Get <laughs> half naked, soak in the sun. Okay, just if you're in Australia, you're in a really privileged country.、Mm-hmm. Like outdoors, you know, take your time. Yeah, yeah just go outdoor, get some green, get some sun. Um, just take care of yourselves,、yeah. really, and don't look at social media. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go and get、don't. a donut. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, Billy <laughs> bought me two donuts two day like last two nights ago. We went to IGA、um, Summerhill where they have the best donuts ever. Yeah. yeah. And I got a really nice donut, yeah, like a sprinkle a... one and a strawberry jam one. Homer Simpson's one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.